I would like to share with you my reflections on monastic life because I'm now approaching the 52nd anniversary of my taking sannyas. How does someone know if they should lead the monastic life? Sri Ramana Maharshi, the great 20th century Indian sage, had left home at the age of 17. After years of solitary life, he became the most renowned spiritual figure of India. His fame spread even into Europe and America. One day, a young man came to speak with him and asked him, Should I leave home and become a monk? Sri Ramana immediately said, No. The man was uh, a bit offended, and he said, Why not? You did. But Sri Ramana said, Yes, but I did not have to ask anyone if I should. Sri Saradadevi, who was worshipped as an incarnation of the Divine Mother, said this, Whether one calls on God or not, one is already half free if one does not marry. And one will rush ahead with great speed once one's mind turns to God. But there's a qualification there. And it's a very important element. The Bhagavad Gita speaks about it, and that element is swadharma, which means a person's own inherent disposition, their fundamental nature or potentiality. Regarding that, the Gita says... Better is one's own swadharma, though deficient, than the dharma of another well-performed. Better is death in one's own swadharma. The dharma of another invites danger. In the final chapter of the Gita, we find this. Better is one's own swadharma, though imperfect, than the dharma of another well-performed. Performing the duty prescribed by one's own swadharma, one does not incur evil. There are people who are miserable because they are not monastics. And there are monastics who are miserable because they are. Why is this? Unfulfillment of individual swadharma. Just being able to fit in and endure either secular or monastic life means nothing. More than once I've had to point out to people that they did not have the swadharma of a monk and should not live the monastic life. Otherwise they would end up old and embittered, feeling life had passed them by. And it would have passed them by, though it would be more correct to say that they had turned away from the life they should have led. And it's also a fact that I have seen people who were miserable and struggling in frustration because they had the swadharma of a monastic but were leading another kind of life. How does a person determine their swadharma? I would like to tell you about how I knew my swadharma and began to follow it. I want to do this for two reasons. Helping those who should lead the monastic life and those who should not, but who might want to know what motivates a monk. My uncle John Burke and his wife Florence used to take neglected children into their home and look after them for a while. 
since they lived just around the corner and up a short block from the, my parents' house, I frequently played with those little boys who usually were about my age. On an early fall morning in 1944, I was out in our front yard with one of the regular visitors. We were wandering around without much to do when he asked, what are you going to be when you grow up and who are you going to marry? At the age of four, my knowledge of professions was pretty limited, as was my contact with marriageable females. However, I took the question quite seriously. I had never thought of it before. What would I be? Who would I marry? Having no clue to the answers in my outer mind and life, I instinctively turned within. Although my body kept moving here and there, my attention was deep inside, searching, and my search was not in vain. Just like the opening of a door can reveal vistas, vast vistas, so a mysterious opening within the silence of my spirit revealed the solution to both questions. It was so intense, I, I, I was literally breathless. And I turned and I ran around the side of the house so I could be alone to assimilate this real revelation. I understood this. I would live for God alone. Never would I labor for the bread that perishes, but would only work for him. My life would be filled with activity and much striving. That was made clear to me. But it would never be for selfish gain, for money, or for me. God would be the pole star of my life, and all I did would be for him, however feeble or poor that might be. And I would give my life to no one but him. There would be no place in it for another, human or angel. I would not just give God first place. He would fill all the places. And besides him, there would be no other, no other. Feeling obligated to answer the one who triggered that within me, I hurried back to the front yard and announced, you know who I'm going to marry? I'm not going to marry anybody. Not anybody? <laughs> he was so shocked I could tell I'd scored a real hit. But the implications of his question, I mean, it thrilled me right to the depths of my soul. And I said, no, not anyone ever. The freedom and joy I felt was inexpressible. And I realized it would be equally incomprehensible to him if I said I was never going to work selfishly for money and never be anything but what God decided to make me. So I just didn't say anything more. What I'd already said stunned him into silence for the rest of the morning. Years later in California, Diamata, the president of Self-Realization Fellowship, told me that toward the end of her last year of high school, girls would keep coming into the schoolroom on some days, waving their hands about to show their engagement rings. Every time that happened, she told me, I would feel desperate like I was suffocating, and I would cry out inside, please God, not me, not me. And God answered her prayer. 
for she went to live as a renunciate in the ashram of Paramhansa Yogananda. Jesus, speaking of the higher worlds of evolution, said, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage. By children of this world, he meant those who are, de who are destined for rebirth in this world. The first day I met Anandamai Ma, I was in her room with many others. Two young men told Ma that though they were studying in a university, they had been thinking of becoming monks and asked her opinion. What I am going to tell you is not theoretical, but practical, Ma said. She actually used the words theoretical and practical. If you take up worldly life, you will be purchasing a round-trip ticket, guaranteeing your rebirth in the world. If you take up monastic life, you will be purchasing a one-way ticket out of this world. You make the choice. She said round-trip ticket and one-way ticket in English also. Fortunately for me, someone was translating as she was speaking. I have no idea what decision those two men made, but my mind was already made up. Yet I too decided to ask Ma about the matter several months later. Swami Shivananda had very insistently advised me to take sannyas as soon as possible. Shortly after that, in the week after Easter, Mother Anandamai came to New Delhi for the celebration of her mother's sannyas utsava, that is, the anniversary of her becoming Swami Muktananda Giri. Why I did not right then ask Mother about my becoming a monk, I really don't know. But somehow I decided to ask her during her birthday celebrations, which that year would be in Calcutta. But first, I had to get permission to go to Calcutta. And this brought up a very interesting aspect of Mother's ways. Because of the large number of people thronging the ashram day and night, it was impossible to get a chance to speak privately with Mataji. So I asked a friend, Omkar Sahai, to ask her. When he did so, he used my secular name. Mataji seemed to know no such person. But when he said Gopal Das, she immediately responded and gave her permission, though she had never been told it was my name as a brahmachari. It heartened me to learn that Mataji knew me only as Gopaldas, the servant of the Lord. Mother's birthday observances took place in the very large Anandamaya ashram in Agarpara, a town very near Calcutta. Each day after Mataji's arrival, thousands upon thousands thronged the ashram grounds for a glimpse of Ma. A day or so before the end of the celebrations, I managed to get an appointment to speak with Mother. This was going to be the big one. I was going to ask about taking up monastic life. Though I did not see how I could lead any other life, still I felt I should have her approval to do so. That day the crowds were horrendous. In fact, a division of policemen had been called out and were barely able to keep order. Somehow, in all this mess, I managed to push up a flight of steps to a wire mesh door which was padlocked to keep out intruders such as I. Brahmacharini Chitra, who always traveled with Mother, saw me and came down from the rooftop. 
Accompanying me was one of Mother's Bengali devotees who had agreed to translate for me. When Chitra reached us, to my vexation, my supposed ally turned traitor and said to her, He is supposed to see Ma, but since there's such a crowd, it would no doubt be better for him to try another time. I was impressed with his generosity with my time and life. Shaking her head, Chitra told him, No, he must speak with Mother today because she told me this morning that no matter how many people came and how busy she was, he must be brought to her without fail. So open came the padlock and door, and in went a grateful, relieved, and little bit righteously disgruntled Gopal Das. And to my, I must admit, somewhat maliciously, the traitor got turned away. I was so pleased I forgot to wonder what I was going to do about translation. But up the stairs I went to where Mother was. To my immense satisfaction, I was told that it would be more than an hour before I could speak with Mother, as so many other things were going on. This meant that I would have more than an hour near Mother and could see her all that time. I even got to witness an initiation by her mother, Didima, Swami Muktananda. When my time came, I discovered that although he was a university professor, my translator was really poor in English. But it didn't matter. I understood every word Madhiji said. In Delhi, Mother had given me a long interview with no one else present. Not surprisingly, she understood what I said to her, but to my amazement, I understood all that she said to me. After my stock of questions was depleted, the moment had arrived. Throughout the interview, Madhiji had been vigorously walking up and down on the roof, answering my questions as she went, and as we scurried along at her side. For some reason, the translator had stopped walking and Madhiji was moving on away from us. But as soon as I spoke to him, the first syllable of my question regarding monastic life, she stopped and turned toward me, standing absolutely still with her head slightly to one side, she began to smile. After the man conveyed the question in Bengali, she continued for a long while to stand there, just smiling at me. Slowly turning her eyes from me, Mother asked the translator who would give me sannyas, that is, make me a swami. She asked this because a monk must be able to trace his line of monastic initiation back to Shankaracharya, the founder reformer of the swami order. Although great saints have spontaneously put on the orange garb of the sannyasi, needing no such formalities, it is usual for a man to be made a swami by one himself who had been made a swami by one who possessed that unbroken lineage from Shankaracharya. Some months before, I had been assured by a monastic disciple of the head of the swami order itself that if mother approved my taking sannyas, he would gladly perform the initiation. Upon my relaying this to Madhiji, she forcefully said, yes, do it. Then she went into her room and came out carrying a heavy silk cloth and two cotton cloths. 
Handing them to me, she said that I should have them dye Garoa and use them at my monastic initiation. And so it was done. I was initiated into sannyasa in July of 1963 and given the name Nirmalananda Giri. Nirmala means without defect, and Ananda means bliss. So usually the name would mean flawless bliss. But when my name was announced to me, the initiating Swami said, Because Anandamai Ma was named Nirmala, I have given you this name. You are to consider that for you it means the bliss of Anandamai Ma. Mm -hmm. 